Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in the nerd pop culture community. My name is Aaron, and today I'm joined by Kate, editor-in-chief of this awesome media site and all-around badass, and king of the mountain and the glue that holds the But Why Though site together, Matt. Say hi, folks. Why does Matt get to be king of the mountain? Because he does all the stuff behind the scenes, and I needed yeah. something fun to introduce him as. You get to That's be the fair. badass. I want to be a king. You, you can both do more be kings. Keep up. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we are talking about some of the latest trailers that caught our eyes, and some news that we thought was fun this week that ties in with the theme that we'll be, we will be discussing. Mythic Quest Season 3 has a, a premiere date, which we're excited about. Ted Lasso and Richmond FC are now playable in FIFA. And, of course, the Last of Us trailer, which got us all very, very excited. Our weekly topic focuses on the resurgence of Cyberpunk 2077 uh, from the help of Cyberpunk Edrunners. Uh, that's our big topic, and we're excited to get into that one. And lastly, Kate, Matt, and myself will give some thoughts on some of the great things that we've been watching lately. So let's dive into the latest trailers and news that have caught our eyes since we last recorded, starting off with the Mythic Quest Season 3 announcement. I'm going to turn it over to Kate first, because you were the one who introduced me to Mythic Quest in the beginning. So you get all the credit here. Yeah, we ended up watching Mythic Quest at uh, PAX South, uh, RIP, uh, back in 20, 2020, I guess. Um, and it is just a phenomenal show. Like, it is, like, workplace comedy. It's deeply depressing, deeply funny, uh, and really well done. So I'm I'm very interested to see how we go into a season three, because season two had such a really good really good end but also like workplace comedy just can keep going and apple does them very well so i'm excited what we get next um and i'm just excited that we have an actual date because i'm very tired of having surprise dates from like everything surprise it's not tomorrow pretty much um no i'm excited i do need to catch up um i love season one and then season two just kind of dropped in the middle of like everything and then i just uh yeah, it's tough sometimes when, like, you, you kind of miss a season two here or, like, it's, you know, slammed in with a bunch of other things. But I think the thing that caught my eye with Mythic Quest originally was it it was one of those original releases when Apple first launched its Apple TV+. Plus. And I, at first, I didn't think much of it because I didn't really think much of the streaming service. I was like, oh, this is going to be another Quibi and just, you know, bomb out, but... When you actually sit through and watch Mythic Quest, it is surprisingly good, especially those that one episode in each season, which is completely off the point, but so Dark good. Quiet Death. Yes. Dark Quiet Death is was the best episode of television that year, and I stand by that. I remember thinking, oh, wait, am I still watching Mythic Quest? What's going on? Like it's just it it's comes so out weird, of it's nowhere. It's a weird episode that it's hard because that episode ends up being the weird episode that doesn't make any sense. But the problem is that weird episode and other shows have been hurting all these seasons, these shortened seasons. But in this show, it just did not matter. 
And I think, obviously, like I said, it's by far the best episode. And so I think it's like, well, if you're going to do some weird or filler or whatever you want to call it these days, it has to be the best one. Because if it's not, then it just ends up being yeah. wasted by season. Well, and it's it's yeah. such a 180 in, like, tonally, like, how it comes across as well. Like, that one's just got so much heart. And you go through it. You're almost going through a whole series in an episode, like. It, it, oh, it's just it's so good and then i you know they they do it again in season two um with that story and it, it's it's just crazy it's just it's such a good show and rob mcelenny it's just funny like he's so damn funny like it it's one of those ones that i think it's slipped by a lot of people and i, I can't recommend enough mythic quest it's so fun yeah, and I honestly, the thing is, as much as, much as Rob McElhinney is, like, really funny, I think his uh, chemistry with Poppy, I uh, forget her name, um, but, like, her Sh- Charlotte Nick- Nickdow. Yeah, Charlotte and him are amazing. <laughs> they're just very good off each other, because they're both, like, big chaos energy in very different ways. Yes, dinner party! Yeah. Yeah, I, the, the, and it's I think that uh, extended cast of characters, you know, David Hornsby, uh, Danny Puddy. Like, just, it's so good that, like, again, each character that you bring to it and then just the, the chaos of, like, them fronting this massive game that's so popular, like, worldwide, and it's just utter mess within the office. Sequestering the Nazis on a server is still the best <laughs> thing in existence. Oh, I love it. It's just, it's so random. It's so random. I'm, I'm very, very excited to see... Uh, you know what they do i i did see there was a i think rotten tomatoes would put like a trailer up during um the the early parts of september for this season and it looks like they're lending um borrowing stuff from severance almost with the the white hallways and stuff so i i think this one's going to be very very interesting so uh look for that on apple tv plus on november 11th um also announced uh just recently was that ted lasso and richmond afc will now be playable in fifa in a announcement that i don't think anyone was expecting uh matt you love fifa what do you think of this uh we'll probably see i mean fifa released technically the day of this recording so by the time you hear this it was should have already been out so hopefully you all have already experienced that um and done stuff um FIFA looks fine for this year. It's another sports game that just runs up. I do think adding this added the little, um, kind of like the little boost that they need to try to, to try to add some flair to like the ever, you know, mundane of like same game, different rosters, same game, different rosters. But adding this, I do think helps a little bit of what they were doing, especially trying to bring in new stuff to the game, especially as in this is the last FIFA that we have. Yes, yeah, because probably... as of um twenty four, the twenty four version, it's going to be EA Soccer football. I believe. In, or soccer, Evo football. I don't remember what the hell. Yeah, they're they're in. ditch they're ditching their affiliation with FIFA. Yeah, FIFA wanted some ridiculous things, and then FIFA also announced they were going to make a piece. better game, a bigger game, a better game, and my own game. Um, they're not FIFA. Not a take game them studio. on ball and going home. Um, but no, so this will be the last one. So I think adding this should be interesting. So like I said, I think. I, I'm intrigued more for what they do next year to see how they're going to go. I think they're going to keep the same rights and everything, but just seeing how that intertwines moving next year. Um, but this would be a good year to play, especially if you are interested, because that World Cup comes in the end of the year, because I will still not get over it that it's a December thing in our Death Stadium. Um, 
that also like you know never mind we don't need to get into that I, the security guard i, news I still came. keep getting lots of invites to go watch the england america game which is on black friday i'm like but black friday is my day when i hide away and i see no one because everyone drives like animals and i'm like i do not like going out on black friday do not make me come out and watch soccer like it's interesting i, I again it's a it's another apple tv plus plug here um but I guess I was surprised. I didn't expect them to have that kind of linkage in FIFA from, you know, adapting a TV show, which doesn't really focus a lot on soccer, uh, into it. Yeah. But, it, I mean, Kate, do you think it's going to get a lot of people... Will it cross-pollinate, I guess? I have no idea, but I know there were a whole bunch of people on my feed who were just very, very happy, and they'd never <laughs> played a FIFA before, and they just wanted to go play that, because it was just the idea of just playing, like, this wholesome crew that they just love, and that's what they wanted to do. <laughs> Ragtag and I think that that's, like, that, that's what I think is going to kind of make it work, and make it work for a broader art audience, and then I think... Overall, I just want Jason Sudeikis to be happy, so I'm happy he's in a video game now. So Yeah, I'm hoping he lends his voice to it in some way. I think that would be fun. I just want to play as Roy Kent and get sent off every game. I think that would be fun. He's such an angry man, but I love him. He's such a good actor. All right, moving swiftly along. Uh, we were also blessed with a trailer unexpectedly uh, for The Last of Us, the video game uh, adaptation that I believe was originally launched on, I think it was crossed between the PS3 and the PS4, uh, but that is going to be coming to HBO in 2023, and it will star Pedro Pascal as Joel, Bella Ramsey as Ellie, uh, Gabrielle Luna as Tommy, and Nick Offerman as Bill. So, Kate, I'm going to let you talk first. What did you think of the trailer? I'm just so excited. I'm so, so happy. I'm so, so excited. I think that, like, I... Like, Pedro Pascal looks f amazing, as always, because it's Pedro Pascal. But I think what actually stood out the most to me was the, the use of practical effects and the use of... Or how they created the creatures, the zombies in in The Last of Us. I think that that was what was going to make it hit or miss for me because, like, we've already, we've talked, like, you know, about CG and, like, issues with CG work. So I'm excited to have the caliber of effects work that they've gotten for it. And I, I'm, I'm excited. It looks dark, it looks grim, and it looks really exciting. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. And Pedro Pascal. I just want him to take over the world. <laughs> Matt, what did you think? Uh, I think it looks good. Um, I'm not the biggest Last of Us fan, um, but I am. I will probably be interested in the show because I don't know how much... It's, my, I'm going to go hoping this does like what the Uncharted movie did of like, I don't know anything, so hopefully this might just work out fine. Yeah, that works. I mean, I, I think that's going to be the, the joy of kind of like discovery with The Last of Us, because I think that's one of the things that people love about the game so much. It's it The gameplay mechanics aren't exactly, like, exceptional or anything. You go, like, oh, I love playing this. You, you kind of very much get sucked into the narrative as you, you play through it. And then, you know, Kate, as you said, like, there's a lot of levels in there where it's, like, very dark and it's kind of more about the patience because those clickers are an absolute beast to try and clickers that's the name yeah. for them yeah well and that's yeah. they've they've got a couple of it there's i forget what they call them there's there's just the regular zombies there's runners 
which I think are like early stage clickers that just run around like mad people. And then there's the mm -hmm. developed clickers, and then eventually they get to the bloaters, this giant like yeah. bloaty like. Uh, and then it, I think they've got like the spawn things where it creates a weird like alien type atmosphere. Like it looks very you know uncomfortable and unsettling. So it it it, it it's primed to be an interesting show. I I am curious to see like if it's going to be you know multi seasonal. Is it going to be a limited series? Are you just trying to get it in and one because. I guess that's the the interesting thing with like you know we'll probably get more into this in our second episode but like our second topic is that ad adaptation of a video game into like a show or a movie like how you really get the how you get the story to stick in a meaningful way because right with video yeah. games it's it's the joy of kind of interacting and playing and searching for you know side quests and things like that so. yeah but it's Naughty Dog they just make movies and call it video games. Yeah, that's I, I. That's what I guess the only thing I'm baffled by because there's large portions of The Last of Us where you're just kind of walking through because it, it there's some good dialogue in there. Like you know, Pedro Pascal's going to be playing this more stoic character, like kind of saddled with a lot of grief. But like there's there's large parts of it where you're just kind of walking through these desolated cities because it's set like ten years after this like virus hits, which is basically the the plot point of any zombie film, really, isn't it? So it's adapting that in a meaningful way that's going to actually make it stick rather than like you know 10 episodes of just drag so i mean it looks awesome i'm excited so uh pedro hasn't let us down yet you know and pedro we trust we'll have yeah. to see how it goes. hey, I'm, hey, I'm, hey he, he, what about wonder woman 84 it was the best he part did of not wonder let woman me down in that movie. he did not let me down in that movie let's be clear here but it could be better he's the reason it was watchable <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was the best part of that film <laughs> that film is terrible though but i'm cur i am curious yeah, to see yeah. like you know the fact that they've got gabrielle luna like nick offerman like that was a real surprise cast um and i think that's going to be the part where they kind of hopefully interweave it into some of the episodes and see what they can do so it's it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how this develops but hopefully the next time we get a more fully fleshed out trailer to see you know what they're planning on doing but i think like you said, the practical effects looks great. The yeah. that close up of the clicker, perfection, just so. Yeah, good. and I think that that's just like that's where I'm at. Is like if I I want to be immersed, which means I don't need your crappy CG. Yeah, and that's just that's kind of where I've been living at. Yeah, so we'll have to see where they go with that. But that brings us nicely uh, as a segue goes into our second topic. Uh, so let's move on uh, and talk about something we haven't gotten to talk about much in the past, which is gaming. Uh, but we're all big gamers. We love it. We're specifically kind of focusing this week on the resurgence of Cyberpunk 2077 and the help of that resurgence through Cyberpunk Edgerunners. But let's hear what Kate and Matt have to say. So, Kate. Yeah. I think for me, like, this was something that Edge Runners, I knew I was going to like because they got one of, like, the most iconic uh, anime studios to, like, come in and do it. And an anime studio that understands how to do cyberpunk because cyberpunk, the game, did not necessarily do the genre of cyberpunk that well from everything that I saw. Um, but I think what 
the series does is it it's not you're not watching the character that you play in the video game like you are watching just a story within the world of cyberpunk and since cyberpunk started off as a tabletop rpg and then went to a video game and out of this um it this tie-in kind of allows you to get an itch to go back into the game to see more of night city to see more of the world that you just you know spent five hours with and you've watched the 10 episodes and I think ultimately like that that gives you a push to then go play the game that it came from um I know we saw it happen with Witcher but I think the the game type here for Cyberpunk really supports it and the fact that you're not playing like a one-to-one character whereas in The Witcher you are so you kind of also don't have to worry about the whole uh authenticity of cyberpunk <laughs> because you're just playing Where's a story that didn't exist before um which is something i think is is really nice um but i think that also comes with uh it comes with a lot of the exciting pieces of more people getting into a game that has been severely worked on since it's launched like i think that if edge runners had come out the year that 2077 came out we wouldn't be having this conversation and they wouldn't be having the player attention that they have going on right now. Right. So. And I mean, I kind of lead off in that with the witcher you say of like, I think if the witcher comes out probably a little bit sooner, cause like at that point, witcher three had been out for like almost six years when the first season relaxed. So that's like a longer point versus 2077 is like a year or two. Actually, I don't remember times, whatever, but a year. I don't know. They had so much problems with that launch. So we don't know. But I think it is interesting to see because, like we talked about The Last of Us, what we have coming, um, and like, are people going to want to come back and play the game? And I do think we have a lot of, like, Sony has already said they're coming. They're coming with a bunch of games. Like we have the Uncharted movie. You know, we're getting another Uncharted movie. We're getting The Last of Us. I think there's a God of War movie coming. I think a Horizon Dawn movie is also our show. I don't believe there are even shows or movies at this point, but there's just we have, you know, like watchable. I guess I think there's a Destiny thing coming as well. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna be interested um, to see if like how much they do for the games. The big one that we kind of haven't thought about with this resurgence that I'm interested to see is what Dragon Age does. Oh, that's right, the um, Dragon Age anime. Because Dragon Age would probably be probably really yeah. fit in there of like a series that people love, but has some stuff, and definitely people love to go back and replay it. Um, they did see it with Lord of, uh, League of Legends as well. Um, I think mm-hmm. the big thing, with Arcane. yeah, with Arcane. Well, I was going to say, and I, I think there was another one announced recently with Netflix. It was uh, Assassin's Creed. Yes. Um, yeah, they have the unannounced Netflix project, yeah, so we well, don't know what they're doing. But also, there's like an Assassin's Creed game every year at this point, and so I think it's yeah. a little different than looking at like by the time we get the Dragon Age thing, there's the most recent Dragon Age games going to be like 2017 ish, depending on if they release anything new. So we're going to have like the, and then like I said, The Witcher's like six years, five years. Um, Except League of Legends, obviously, that game's still going on and updated, but, like, the game was released, like, in 2005 or six or something. I don't even know what year it was released, to be honest. It's It's been about 15 years. Um, so, but seeing some of these older, not even older properties, but, like, games that have had a little bit of time of, like, I think it's what's separate parts from Assassin's Creed of, like, they just pump those things out, like, yeah. every year. Um um, but I do wonder to see how much it does, like, help into, like, people playing video games and why it's a thing. I think, as Kate said, I think Cyberpunk has been worked on and patented thing that puts it in a different perspective in a lot of these things. Of, like, yeah. 
if they came back to that original launch game, I don't think this is a big trending thing mm-hmm. as what it is now. Yeah, it's, it's it, weird because I. Oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna. I was just gonna say it's it's interesting the timing of the expansion media because then you've got something like Sonic, which is kind of like it's always been popular, but given the success of the film and then the sequel film, you've kind of got, got you know Sonic Frontiers which is launching, which is you know heavily anticipated now from a, a large audience because of the film versus like you know yeah. something like cyberpunk which was you know um after the video game um so it, it's interesting this connection now to to have some of that stuff yeah i mean and i think like we're kind of looking at like all of these studios and i, I know quite a few game devs that are complaining about this currently is um and thanks Druckmann. It's really weird because like this is really exciting for me because I have always loved video game adaptations. Like I, I love them. I love I'm not saying that they're good, but like I enjoy <laughs> them. Like I I think that there's something exciting there and I think that there's something new that people get to experience. Like you get to pull in people that may not my mom knows who Master Chief is now. Like she didn't she Yeah, didn't like know there's that. a level like, of accessibility. Yeah. Like yeah, you widen the audience. Um, but I know one of the things that a lot of video game developers have been complaining about, especially narrative writers, is the push. And it really ha- it start it, it, a lot of it's coming from Naughty Dog and, and Druckmann's team of like these are now movies. These are cinematic experiences. It's like well, no, like a game is a very different piece of media, and so you're having these companies, and for better or worse start thinking about one IP as something that is large and sweeping. Because, like, Cyberpunk also has comic books attached to it, yeah. right? Like, there is – they're thinking about it as an entire media space. Um, I think Assassin's Creed kind of did that first in a lot of ways. But, like, they're thinking about all the stories that they can pump out from one piece of IP from, like, a capitalist perspective, I think, more so than an artistic one. And I think that – we get into this weird piece where like is something going to be underdeveloped to serve the other one is this game just a launching point to make this movie or is this movie just here to get more people to go to the game and i think that that circle that they're creating with everything is going to probably have a lot more problems because they're not really used to this type of production so i think for so to be fair on this though if we go back 20 years ago, every movie got a video game. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. So, That's fair. That's like, very fair. And so I think the difference... Those Spider-Man games are good. I liked them. I don't think people did like them. <laughs> I didn't like them as much. They were good. We had like Lion King. We had Aladdin. We had, you know... There was that Avatar video game that you could get. There were only four that, achievements. That so you could get an easy yeah, thousand. We don't talk about that. Do, do um, you remember the one with Macaulay Culkin? That, that it was yeah, Home Alone 2. No, no, no. Oh, stuff. I played the Home Alone game. That's how old we're going. Oh, back. yeah. I, no, I played <laughs> those, games. I played those <laughs> games too. But there was one where he... he he gets flashed back into a book and it's like the, the storybook or I, I forget it. But they, they brought out this video game. I completed it in a day. I went out and bought the game because I liked the film and it was like it's rubbish. But no, so to be fair, they have been doing this, but I do think Kate's point of like, I think they've changed of like, they usually were doing one-to-one adaptations of like, hey, yeah. you know, you know, Home Alone 2 came out, play the video game of Home Alone Story, now you are, you know, kid or whatever. Versus now, it's very much of, like, we are trying to make, a, you know, like, a world of, like, other random stories fitting in yeah. here. 
And I don't think that that's always a bad thing. Like, I, I think Cyberpunk is a really good example of that. Like, I want more of Night City, especially with what I got from Edge Runners. I want, like, there are some worlds that are rife with stories to be told because of how expansive they are and where, like, where they're suited. The one thing that I'm worried about is that when you start focusing on telling 10 stories instead of just your first one, that you're going to end up kind of like cutting your legs off, unfortunately. And that's the one thing I'm kind of worried about because I feel like the new development cycles, it's like, how can we develop this IP versus and let's just launch this first good Well, I mean, to be fair, this kind of goes into what you said with the game thing of like cyberpunk at the end of the day, you create your own character. You are just interacting yeah. within a world versus like The Witcher and even The Last of Us or whatever yeah. where there are preset characters automatically here. Yeah. And this is what you are going to be. And in some ways, this yeah. is what you have to do. Because, yeah. like, the stories are already written for a while. Like, The Witcher, hell, even before the game, they, they're based off books. Yeah, books. Yeah. And yeah, so, like, those stuff is, they're already pre... Now, obviously, they've had a, like, uh, CG Progress had a great relationship with them. And they've been able to, like, expand the canon. And they have, like, two different linear things. And it's very complex. And now and they're building a whole new show that is doesn't even have girls in it. Right. No, and that's what I'm saying. So, there are ways of somewhat doing that, what we've seen. But it is very much, at the end of the day... For at least from the game perspective and how we've gotten it after all, and we're it's going to be interesting to see like does this Witcher prequel even work? I mean, I'm yeah. kind of excited well, for I it, but like, does we, it work? We, we had the um this the spinoff animated movie as well. Um, yeah, um, Nightmare of the Wolf, I yes. think is what yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but that was so so far as I know, that was tied directly to it's tied to one of the major books. Yeah. Like, one of the major characters that is important to Geralt's stuff, but you get most of his stuff in the books, yes. which is what, I, if I remember correctly. So yeah. that's, like, basically saying you told, like, Ellie's side instead of from Joel's side, essentially, is what you got from that point. Uh, well, this even predates Geralt, essentially. It's, like, a prequel type thing. I was just saying, yeah. Well, I mean, like, the point of, like, you already, you already affiliated with the character that is in the story is what I'm saying. But as to kind of get to the next part, which is cool because like as much as people are enjoying cyberpunk, they're coming back and doing this. We've also kind of got the weird retcon history slash we want to make this a feel good story, but I don't know if it's a true feel good story, but it is of like the launch was still terrible and the game was completely broken and it was so bad it had to be removed from like actual like stores. And it's, Yeah, I, I was going to say it's going it, to be interesting though, like how much of that original launch is going to be the prevailing story versus like hey edge runners yeah. was really good let's play the game like now it's good it's almost kind of like the pulp fiction of it all like yeah as long as the hero is alive in the end we feel good and we're, we're happy with it and that's what you take away i mean to yeah. be fair i mean that's a lot of times how it is i mean right now if you are playing the game you do feel good because the game is in a lot better spot than what it was at launch um, and so, like, sometimes you do want to kind of, like, admit of, like, hey, they have fixed a lot of the problems. But it still doesn't excuse the fact that basically you've wasted yeah. two years and it watched completely it, broken. It's kind of like, is it re is it continuing the story or retconning the story is the question. Because continuing the story is in, okay, CD, CD Projekt Red had a really rough launch to the point that Sony pulled them off the store so they wouldn't be you know uh culpable for a fraud for a game that didn't run on the device 
Um, and then they worked on it. They've put time into it. They fixed it. And then they launched this really dope anime that they did with one of the biggest studios, which then drove people back. They did a new expansion and it was in a good spot. Or are they saying Cyberpunk 27 was always great? <laughs> this you're just now learning because you decided to come in and it's like well was it and i mean and also, and i think that that's probably the difference which, like is this a continuation of the story or of pure retcon but also like it does kind of take away of like we knew reports of like that dev team went through hell and they've been through hell even then because like the expansion that's now being released yeah. that's all the feel good that's been delayed like three times now yeah. Like that expansion was supposed to come out like three months after the launch and it's like now like a year and a half or whatever if it's even come out yet. I can't remember exactly. I was going to say it, it's, it seems like very clear with, I mean, because I feel like this has become a more and more of a prevailing thing that some of these titles are being rushed into the market before they're even ready to go. Like there's an unrealistic expectation that, oh, you have to meet this deadline it just can't it can't be achieved which is then taken away from the fact that like like with where cyberpunk is now like it was supposed to be this in the first place we just couldn't realistically meet that target it, it wasn't yeah it wasn't something we could do cyberpunk's a weird one i mean there's a few things it's funny because halo's kind of seeing the same thing that we've talked because halo had the show we hoped up and then obviously that Halo team, for all their delays, they're doing things and it's it's fine, but also they're the game's going on been out for about a year and they're still so far backed up and like stuff that's just not out. Yeah. Like co-op I think just now finally here. And like, oh, and they're still not even fully, I think, done with all of it. I don't even think the forge is here yet. Like it's broken games have been things in development. I mean Breath of the Wild 2, which is I I know it's got a new title, but uh, that got I know that got delayed quite a few times as well. Like it, it again, it, it's another common trend with these these delays now. Which hey, I prefer they take the delay and say it's not ready than mm-hmm. to do the original. You can't over thing. like, which I guess is the question because like I was just about to say you can't overcome a bad launch, but Cyberpunk has now, so it's kind of like is the answer to over like. So we were, we've already, there's been a lot of talk already about like games being released that are unfinished and like relying on DLC to finish them. And like, that's already been a really big conversation. And so at what point does it become, I like, we will just push to have this out, push it out. And then we will rely on the next thing that we have that we know is going to be good, or at least as people interested to overwrite that piece, which I think is that, that bigger, that larger, like more direct piece of this question where it's kind of like it seems like you can come back from a really bad game launch now. And I know that like other games have done, like Final Fantasy did it, No Man's Sky did it, but I feel like there is a different, like I think Cyberpunk is doing it in a very different way where they are coming back from it because people had left and now they've been able to drive in new people with a completely different part of the IP. And it's, and it's weird because like I said, it's like, like Kate said, it's like, People came back from Final Fantasy because they realized how good the game was. Same with No Man's Sky, same with Rainbow Six. People came back to Cyberpunk, not because they thought how good the game was, but because they're like, Edge Runners was fantastic. Maybe Cyberpunk, yeah. it, can I give it another shot? Hopefully it's good. And yeah. I think those I mean, are two different I, reasons at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and from what I hear, and obviously like I haven't played Cyberpunk, but like from what I've heard from the the podcast that I recorded with some, some folks who are like currently playing through it, 
is that like it has never necessarily been like it, it is a very good game but it is a very good game 25 hours in and that is just a hard sell to give to people because nobody has that time yeah. and i think that that's kind of like the different thing which like i guess you could make the argument for final fantasy because like their old stuff is not that good but they've at least done stuff to push you through it quicker but yeah the, i mean uh, do we do we expect to see more of this as far as that kind of like i think so band-aiding almost I well i mean so. the banding in games has always been a thing ever since they allowed patches i mean patches yeah. were a dual thing it's probably the best and worst thing to ever happen to gaming in some ways because it turned into like cool we can fix our bugs and we can add new content we can do stuff and it's great it also then turned into like oh i can launch something broken i'll just fix it later um well i, I guess my, my question is like more of the larger aspect of the band-aid as far as like oh we'll just hire someone to come up and do like an animated movie or you know something like that so it buys his time and it almost like gives a resurgence to the game like almost kind of like you know this doesn't fit the last of us but if the last of us had had a bad launch then they're going to adapt the story into the show and people come back and go oh well maybe i'll play the last of us now again because again just like with edge runners you get that feel of oh maybe maybe i was too quick to judge this yeah I think it depends on the property. I think, like Kate said, of like, at the end of the day, the things that set The Witcher and why I think Dragon Age is going to be a big one out, and even you can argue with the the ones that have hit really big. And I don't know, but The Last of Us, I think, might have the game carry it more than the other ones. But yeah, at the end of the day, The Witcher had a lot of lore. It's already great selling books stuff. You know, Cyberpunk is this world that was already like is built. It's massive. It has interesting things so and like people can explore within dragon age once again like we've seen with some of it there's a there's already lore there's a world there's already pieces in place to do some of this stuff with um versus i don't not saying the last one's gonna be bad but like seeing parts of a world of what you can build in integral interesting parts you can kind of be like look this part of the world or like what i got from here dragon age 2 per se which was pretty bad we can ignore that because the world is still good. Um, like, I don't know what we have from The Last of Us. Is like, obviously, I don't think like, we have a quote-unquote world, clearly, but like, I don't think anything's been developed on that world. Like, you have their stories, yeah, and that's it. So. Same thing yeah, with Uncharted. You have so. their stories, and that's what's it. Yeah, pretty much. It, it's yeah. The Last of Us really relies on the character relationship and those characters that get brought in to interact with those, you know, with um, Ellie and uh, why am I forgetting his name? Um, Joel. Oh. Yeah, like it all hinges. That's the keystone, and without it, it just kind of falls apart. So. Yeah, and I guess it's also like the question has to come into play. Like, are there some franchises that really just can't facilitate a larger world or like? 10 more stories being told in it right because like that's the other big thing is like is is the game world that they're adapting and writing a new story in actually does it actually fit yeah yeah like you asked about the last like, of I mean, seasons I think... like i don't know but also like i know there's only two games <laughs> yeah the... and it's kind of like and i think that that's like the the other thing too is like that is what cyberpunk had going for it with edge runners is they decide like because they were a 
a you, your character's name is V, but like you get to make your character look however you want. Different choices are going to play the same story. They just went with adapting the world and building the world out into a new story. You can't really do that with something like The Last of Us. And like obviously, The Witcher had to do two seasons of The Witcher proper in order to then go off it to do a brand new story in the Witcher world. So it's one of those things where it's kind of like companies have to make the decision of am I doing this thing for one season because that's all the material I have? Will I change so many things about this so that I can have longer episodes, like a longer season count? Or do I choose to just kind of like negate it all entire, not negate it, but like not think about it all entirely and just make a brand new thing within the same world. Which, and I think that those are the questions that go into that. Which kind of we see with Halo, they made a lot of changes. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people didn't like a lot of the changes. Yeah. I mean, even me, yeah. I kind of find until some changes I didn't really care for. And we don't know where we're going at this point. And so like... I was going to say that Halo is an interesting example just because like it was less of an adaptation, more of an inspiration. Like they definitely took certain yeah. elements, but they tried to make it very TV and lost sight of what Halo is. Yeah, I think they, they implement some stuff of what Halo is. That's pretty good. Obviously, you mm-hmm. like it or don't. And to be honest, what we talk about right now is one is like we're talking about The Witcher is an RPG based on a character. One is a creative character RPG. Halo is literally a first person shooter. The yep. story, yeah. The Last of Us, I think it's just a third-person adventure story game. I don't know. It's not really kind of blending in between there. Story yeah, game. that's a like, kind of adventure game. Um, yeah, I guess, so I guess that's kind of like the interesting question then, like, as we move forward. Do we think companies are viewing this as a way to again use the term before kind of cross-pollinate or is it just more of an accessibility thing like something like the last of us like you're in a in an environment now especially within gaming where things are becoming more and more exclusive like this is just exclusive to sony exclusive to xbox with like bethesda and things like that um are these adaptations like just trying to open up as accessibility and saying, well, there's a really good story here. We just want everyone to see it Or Well, I, yeah, I don't think they're doing it with that pure intention. I think they're doing it so that they convince you to go buy the thing, to go play the thing exclusively. That's what they're trying to do. And they're trying to make money. Like I genuinely do not think any of these adaptations come from a pure place where they just want to continue art. I think they want to mine a product for more money. I think what we, if you want to say. With the exception of, like something like I I don't know I I I have no personal bias for or against CD Projekt Red, but I actually really love what they've done with Cyberpunk because if you detach it from your main product for the most part, you're at least putting in the work to do something completely different. I think these one to one adaptations are literally there just to mine cash. I think if if they want to go the bigger question to answer your thing is um they all want to be IPs. Yeah. They all want yeah, the, the whole the whole point the, the yeah. whole big point whether it's movies games at this point is we don't want to be just a game we want to be a franchise we want to be an IP. Well, and if if you're a streaming service at this point, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. They're looking for the next yeah. big franchise that they can expand out into other things. And what we've done, Netflix has done it with The Witcher. And for better or worse, instead of creating instead of having TV franchises and having gaming franchises, they learn, why would I go through all that work when I can just use material from both and I don't have to, I could kill all the creativity of doing any of that because I already have half of it made on one way or the other. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it, that, that's the larger question. Is just everything want to be an IP? Everything want to be a franchise? Same way, whatever, and for you. Um, I overall, I'm glad people are playing Cyberpunk. I'm glad it's kind of getting a thing, especially for the dev team, even though we've seen, depending on how that will go, if you want to go the broken launches, of how that works and ties into things. Edgerunners was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Could have used a few more episodes, but overall, I thought it was really good. It, I'm, I'm it just made me intrigued to want to go check it out. I just knew I was like, eh, I didn't, I'm not really. That's yeah. a, I, I'm just surprised that you know Cyberpunk found its resurgence. I, I, I legitimately thought after that awful launch, it was just dead and buried. So uh, surprisingly shocked. <laughs> like, just I, I. Can't believe they managed to pull it off in a way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the only one that can't seem to do that is Avengers. You have the largest IP. <laughs> it's because yeah. he's wearing hockey pads. All right. Well, I think we've bashed that one to death, and that was a fantastic conversation. We don't get to talk about gaming much on this show, but we all love it. So we, we, we thought we'd take this uh, episode to really dive uh, a little deeper into that. And we'll have more things planned in uh, the coming weeks, I'm sure. Let's move, lastly, on to the things that we've been watching in, since the last episode. And Kate has been incredibly busy attending Fantastic First Times, watched all the things. So... What's the best things? I have watched all of the things. I think the two things that will probably be one, the thing that will probably hit our audience the most is Werewolf by Night is amazing. We talked about it last time I was on the podcast, and I am happy that it pays off in literally every single way. If you head over to butwhyetho.net, you can find my review of Werewolf by Night, which is a TV special. It comes in at 52 minutes, so it's an easy watch. Um, no prior reading required. Uh, just let the spooky wash over you and then the i also have an interview with the director as well where he talks about um how it was important to incorporate uh gael's mexican identity into jack here and specifically how to carry it with him to give the character more depth um for the small amount of time that we actually have with him and then uh to kick off the october part uh hellraiser i think should be on hulu at this time as well i got the chance to Watch it. It is phenomenal. Has my full seal of approval. Um, even if you're not a fan of the original series, this is a great reinvention, um, I think, for a new generation. And I also have an interview up with director David Bruckner and Pinhead herself, Jamie Clayton. I'm really excited for more for folks to watch that. And those are probably the two bigger things that I come out of there other than, uh, oh, the menu. I think the menu would have been out by the no. I think it. I don't. I don't know when the menu comes out, but I watched it. It's really good. <laughs> it's really really good. Uh, I'm excited for that for folks to get to watch that scathing attack on capitalism and rich people. <laughs> Eat the rich, Matt. What about yourself? Um. So I'm helping, and we'll probably have a view out. I hope by the time this is released, but uh, grounded that finally has been an early access from Obsidian. Um, the weird survival game where you are shrunken kids and you try to survive bugs and everything and find this weird stuff. I'm doing co-op um, as Quinn will be doing full stuff. We'll be having two of those out. It's actually a lot of fun. Also very terrifying. If you are afraid of spiders, you definitely can probably... I mean, you can play it because they've actually done a pretty good job. 
probably it's probably been the one property that I'm like, you know what? I understand if you have arachnophobia. Like, we could make some changes because <laughs> most of the other times I'm like, eh, whatever. But this was one of like, man, because you're just a tiny little thing. You're shrunken, like honey, the shrunk eye kids. But you're in the back of the yard trying to survive with everything, and it is intense sometimes as those things pop out of nowhere. Um, it is. I heard Matt yell. Oh my God! That's a spider. <laughs> Pretty sure that like, didn't but sound like with like that. more. But yes, it, he did not. It was like it was more fearful. It was more fearful. It was more sure. stoked to it. Oh, I, 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 we got a note from our producer Jason that I am very loud, and I tried not to break his eardrums <laughs> with that. All I know is I'm pretty sure I almost had a heart attack. Was playing that for this thing because I was in a menu and I popped out, and this giant ass wolf spider was sitting there. Um, because there's like. I think it's the weaver spider and then a wolf spider in there, the two big ones. And then obviously there's like just general dink bugs and just regular bugs. So if you're terrified of bugs, uh, probably not this game for you. But unless you want to murder them, um, which is cool. But also like we suck. Um, so we just die. <laughs> I was going to um, say my mind immediately went to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I love that film. Yeah, so it's great. This game um, sounds awesome. No, it is a lot of fun. Um, and like I said, it's de definitely designed for multiplayer and definitely survival stuff. So if you don't know anything about survival, um, you do need to get water or you will die and food. So you do drink and eat a lot of terrible things. Um, I know that was the main thing for, but I am excited for just like, obviously, because I don't know when it's going to be on here. For October, I think the movies that are coming out, like I kind of just like, I think Amsterdam I'm excited for, even though I don't know when that's coming or whatever else. And if it's any good, I don't think the early screenings have been great. Um, Ticket to Paradise, I believe, is another the George Clooney film that also... And I think there's, like, some other stuff. Obviously, does the menu come out next month? I think the menu comes out yeah, next month. Yeah, so, like, even some of the stuff that Kate's seen, this actually seems to be October's going to be a pretty good movie month. Yes. It really is. Yeah. It really is. There's, there's a lot of stuff. Awesome. That sounds really exciting. Uh, for me, uh, I haven't been watching a whole lot, but I, I did watch uh, this week's episode of Andor, which I absolutely loved. So, so good. And it just remains to be a great show. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, go see it. And you should also watch uh, mine, Kate's, and CJ's discussion on uh, our preview of the first four episodes of Andor and why we loved it. Um, I also got the chance to watch the Halloween special of Solar Opposites, and I just love everything that Mike Mike McCann and um, Justin Roiland are doing. Solar Opposites, it's just, it's just a fun, easy binge show. Um, but it's really interesting with this one because they, they bring back a very specific Halloween uh, or scary horror reference. That's v If you know it, you're of a very specific generation with the, uh, the Crypt Keeper. Of all things, um, I love like I love Tales from the Crypt. Man. It's just like it's just one of those iconic things. But I like I feel like if you mention it to a younger generation, they're like what the Crypt Keeper? I will say my mom still describes people she doesn't like as the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> well, and they they got the guy who voiced the Crypt Keeper to actually come back and do the voice for the show. So it like lends it lends the authenticity to it. It's just really it's entertaining as hell to just watch them go through. So it was just fun. It's a it's a good thirty minutes. I think last year they did a um, a Christmas special, so that they're going with Halloween this year. And uh, to stay on theme of the episode, I have been playing Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm just having Yay. so much fun. Um, it's a really interesting. Wait, how far are you? Because it gets not fun. Have you have you done the grief stuff yet? Don't. Uh, yeah, I I've gotten to the point where you rescue Drax. It gets, <laughs> Buckle up. 
Okay. All right. It's it. it and it's an, <laughs> the gameplay is very interesting because you've got like that interaction with your your crew as you you know like talking wise, mm -hmm. uh, and then how you utilize them in a fight scenario. That messes me up. It, there's so much going on. You just button smashing at that point, like trying to go through fights. And then I also liked when you've got that call to action and you do the whole team yeah. thing with a you rally them with a good it's speech. So it, it's got a couple of um different things I wasn't expecting for the game, but it, it was a little bit of a slow start, but like you get really pulled into it. So it's I really, really enjoying it. I think I'm on episode twelve or something like that. I think I'm nearing somewhere close to the end. So it's it's been fun. It's been been a lot of fun. So I'm enjoying getting back into gaming lately. It's good. I realized my I guess I could say my age or anything because I said Ticket to Paradise because that was the movie I was excited for with George Clooney. I think Julia Roberts and I realized it releases on the same day as Black Adam and I was like, oh, I forgot that was coming out. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please don't forget to drop us a like, subscribe, retweet, or review. Whatever we can get, we will take. Honestly, it's really, really helpful. So anything you can do would be lovely. Uh, so make sure you check out the site, uh, our YouTube channel, Twitch. And if you want to find us on Discord, uh, you can go to this link, discord.gg slash but why though? Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at but why though pc uh kate where can the lovely people find you if they want to check out more of your stuff especially the fantastic fest you can find me on twitter at omemethrandier if you want my anime and my manga you can find me on instagram at omemethrandier and you can head over to butwhythough.net we have a fantastic fest section uh at right at the top of our home page you can click through all of the great films there i think our current count is about 19 reviews that we have and i still got six more to go as of this recording so you'll have well more than 20 reviews and interviews to dig into and get excited um from one of my favorite genre festivals you people are insane absolute machines uh, and I've been your host, Aaron. You can find me at British CPA on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find all my rating on the But Why Though site and find me featured on some of the Twitch and YouTube reviews as well. Uh, and if that's obviously not enough, because why not? Uh, you can always find me in the But Why Though Discord. Um, Matt, how about you? I'm going to go make sure that NASA did not hit the asteroid away from us. Mm -hmm.